Terror Breathers, you are listening to the Cuz Chat Podcast, episode zero on January 18, 2020. I'm your host, Matt Hemmer, aka Maddie J, aka Maddie Miko, and most recently, aka Black McGee. Shout out to Cuzzy Click for that one. And we are bringing to your air holes a unique perspective on pretty much whatever we want, and hopefully to use this as a platform to highlight the many goings on and achievements that our large extended fund get up to, and hopefully bring to you on a weekly basis. Uh, I've got my my partner in crime here, uh, the bro, Mitch, aka uh, Mitch the Ditch, aka uh, Mitchell Mitchell Weenus Mitchell, aka uh, what's that other one, bro? Mitch, can you do us the karakia? That's the one. That's the one. And yeah, look. Oh, first of all, just big shout out to the OG cousins on Snapchat. You fellas know who you are, and I hope they have the opportunity to introduce each of the cuz dogs during future episodes, and uh, have them share some of their stories tips and um just sort of crack up lines with the listeners secondly i hope to grow this podcast into something that serves more as a record to the younger cousins as well and rather than hearing secondhand stories you actually get to hear it from the horse's mouth uh, and just what absolute noofs we are on her as well and you know to sort of bring us a bit closer together as well going back to the, how this all started cuz chat on snapchat was the the impetus and we actually called the the cousin jordan today hey bro gave us his a bit blessing of a background really hey yeah he kind of gave us a bit of uh how it all started so you called him so why don't you tell uh what he what, what well, he basically said. it was just a forum to keep contact between himself the cousin car the cousin jay and it just evolved into what it is today yeah, no, he specified exactly what that was, though, didn't he, why he created it. Well, really, it was just a bit of uh, backlash on the Cuzzy Humph, but we'll get there in a bit further detail. Yes, remember that name, infamous name that it is, Cuzzy Humph. We'll get into some AKAs, we'll we'll, we'll leave that up to uh, the listeners to come up with the AKAs for Cuzzy Humph. And following on from our Fano day, whatever you want to call it, that we had back in November... Me, me and the bro went back to um, participate in that. Man, that just sort of solidified for me as being a just what an awesome whanau we are and, and how huge it is. Like, there's people running around there and kids that I'm like, man, who are these kids? Like, I don't know who they are. For those that don't know, I'm, I'm living in Australia. I've been here for a few years now and don't get back to NZ often, but that last trip in November was just primo. I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, I just want to make... Uh, that prestige of that event even more than than kind of what it is because there's a lot on the line there's you know as you would know mitch there's a a trophy on the line absolutely everything on the line if you ain't on your game you know we came up with a bit of a saying while we were back there you know you got to put your form on fleek or be open to critique and that (laughs) creek and that critique will be unrailed so you got to be on your game it will be measured it will be measured absolutely will be measured for and sure as we found out throughout the the few days we were there poor form is uh something you want to try and avoid apparently it does travel as well with you absolutely it does travel for sure so using that as a as a first topic i guess off the rank for us talking about whanau day what, is, what were your impressions of of the day of the the days and the day leading up to kind of the oh. events I anticipated it to be, you know, you, you got to go there with your 100, but I never anticipated it to be that full on, if you know what I mean. 
the the events that we had you've you've actually got to give it your all otherwise for your team you're not going to go anywhere yeah like i mean the structure of the day we thought oh yeah like there's cool some cool events you know it's going to be balanced it's going to be a real competition and then lo and behold we start off with fucking sprints just hard out sprints no right ease into it just get up there show us how fast you can run cuzzies Mitch and I were on the same team, so just the way that they kind of, whoever came up with that idea of organising the teams, we were on the same team and we were strategising even before we got there. And so the structure of the team sort of falls on how you were you were born. So obviously Matty being the first born, he moves into the Anzac team. The middle children, they sort of move into what we nominated as the black sheep. Although they want to call themselves something different, uh, and it's black sheep. It's, it's it's always going to be the it's black, black sheep. sheep. No matter Absolutely. how much they try and change it, and we'll get to their leadership issues later on. But continue. So me and Maddie being put on the same team, we're the Anzacs. We like to sort of think of it as an Australian New Zealand camaraderie, Trent Tasman uh, situation. Yeah, that's that's right. So. I'll let Maddie sort of continue with the explanation of the team structure. Yeah, so as it worked out, you know, you get a good mix of, you know, brother against brother and, and that sort of thing. And historically, there's been, uh, has been pretty much one-sided from my understanding of it. This is my first, well, November was my first uh, participation in, in said event. But yeah, there's been a bit of history there. I think the Anzacs have been cleaning up. Is that right? Is it the Anzacs have been predominantly the the winners of of the historical ones, or does it been black sheep that have been dominating? The, I'd like the to lie and say that the Anzacs has been prevailing year after year, but I I don't think that's true. Uh, black sheep has sort of taken the role as the championships right, as okay. the years be going on. Right. Well, you know, uh, I'm not the record keeper of this event, so. I'm I'm fairly new to the whole history of it, so if um, any of the cousins want to give us a, a, a history of that, definitely uh, send us the email, uh, cuzchat at outlook.com. You'll hear that email has just come up a few times today. You can also plug into our Facebook pages yes. and Instagram pages that we do have happening this second. Yeah, they're up there live, uh, cuzchat on Facebook and Instagram. I'll start putting some actual posts on there. And it was a man. It was so awesome to see so many young oh, cousins and nieces and nephews and all of that just you know representing on the day and a pretty skilled bunch, I might add. Like there's some young fellas there that kind of rip there's stuff up. There's definitely a lot of talent that we've there was on show um, coming up from the kids right up through the older ages. I was taken aback, to be honest. It was something special to behold. So yeah. let's recap on a few of the events that took place that day. Obviously, as Maddie said, we started off with the sprints and we had a few relays within those sprints. Um, I think, going back on memory, that the Anzacs took out the sprints. Well, actually, I, I don't think you're right there, Mitch. I think, well, in our minds and hearts, we took it out because we were the uh, better performing team on the day. But I guess due to some sort of judging issues and and form there there was some poor form in terms of the the lineup you know uh folded arms cross legs straight line which forced people to run a little bit extra distance wasn't quite adhered to by the uh 
black sheep so caused them to just get sneak across the line a little bit earlier but yeah after that there was uh, a bit of a break and then we got into basketball basketball yeah which i think we actually dominated to we be prevailed honest in that one there, yeah bro. like i think we uh stood up to the challenge and basically just let the young fellas do their thing and just tried to stay out of their way as much as well that was my strategy for the for that event yeah, um, same with me bro i sort of just fed it to the younger cousins into the pocket and they finished the job yep, off for that's us. the way that's the way to do it yeah so that was man by then i was huffing and puffing i was having a really good time though just by by then everyone had sort of you know settled and you know the meets and greets are all done everyone was enjoying themselves the water bottles were in full swing everyone was was sucking a bit of air in. and so the idea of the overall arc of the day we had set events that were were balanced and equal in terms of you know coming out with a clear winner at the end so we progressed through the day we had um soccer soccer after after um, that if you no, know there was a family. there was a free throw event wasn't there a free throw event with basketball yes. which with a, to be honest the the rules were pretty vague and i you know we were sort of you know one shot and you count the score and apparently that wasn't the case with the black sheep they just kept going and going in the in the time allowed so we'd kind of stopped and those guys kept going on so obviously the points kept racking up as well so yeah look you know we were kind of comfortable with where we were heading in that in that direction uh, or at that time anyway so yeah then we got on to soccer which is if you know our family soccer is definitely not one of our strong suits we sort of take it as not to be rude but it is a poof to sport <laughs> your words not mine <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah it's something that i yeah i didn't really put much stock in it was just sort of a bit of a laugh but the black sheep racked up a few points there didn't they they, yeah, they kind of dominated those, they, they dominated that um, game for sure for sure and we we were sort of left squandering after that and then i think at that point as of when the realization hit i was like shit we've got a bit of work to do here but we knew that there was a few events enough events still for us to compete in that we could claw our way back dodgeball we missed dodgeball dodgeball was actually dodgeball, i think yeah. before soccer and to be honest I, I think we lost that one too so we were definitely behind the eight ball um leading into the, the final events of the day which was touch um which evolved into ripper rugby as it does. oh ripper rugby sorry ripper rugby and look and up to this point i think we were kind of neck and neck and a lot was hinging on the last two events which is ripper rugby and then some actually swimming races that, we, that was on we the had cards. some swimming plate races planned but we'll get to there thereafter so with the rugby we we actually came on top just to give you a bit of an overview it was at the tukuro sports ground all the events went quite swimmingly while we were inside it wasn't until we moved outside and about five minutes into the game it started pouring down with with rain makes it hard yeah you know i wasn't quite kitted out didn't have boots i thought oh it's dry you know just a pair of running shoes would be fine oh but man was i wrong because that rain came down and it was slippery as hell and then it all comes back to good form and having your form on fleek or you'll be open to critique <laughs> and as anzacs we were definitely open to a bit of oh, for sure there. but you know we we were i think uh, up until this point we were kind of neck and neck and i think there was sort of uh an opportunity for us to at least square it up with the final event because okay, we were quite behind by that time yeah what we thought oh yeah what a great way to end it some swimming races so it was a great idea uh execution was a bit off 
if uh, I'm honest, to have it at a public swimming pool. <laughs> it was. Once we got in there and we'd seen the amount of um, tokoroians, I don't know what you really call them, but the amount of people that were at that venue didn't allow us to compete or or hold that last event. No, well, they had a huge floating raft in the middle of the main pool, which and then a vo- uh, volleyball net, pretty much. Yeah, water volleyball, yeah. I guess you'd call it. Not and only that, is is once everyone had... You know, we worked our asses off. You know, this is after four or five hours of intense gaming. You jump into that cold pool. Myself, I started cramping up. It sucks all the life out of you pretty much, doesn't (laughs) it? Well, well, a few of us were all cramping up towards the end of it. So a swimming event at the end probably wasn't the best way to end it. Therefore, that that structure of the game, that event didn't take place. And this is our main critique of the event like i'm sure it was made with the best intentions there was you know a lot of effort i mean hiring that hall couldn't have been you know uh, a cheap or easy sort of uh, thing to undertake so while we really do appreciate the effort put behind that the room for improvement you'd say absolutely yeah <laughs> but the structure of the day needs to take place you know you need to think of the intensity you know these are people that have nine to five jobs that don't really get out and about every day. They don't really structure exercise into their day. So you're asking a lot of these people that have nine to five jobs. You can't asking be jumping a lot out. You know? is an understatement. Um, yeah, pretty much my warm up for the event was drinking wine and a lot of pies. And uh, I stand by that training uh, regime. It served me well in the past, and it sure will serve me well in the future. So yeah, like there's the good and bad. You got to you just got to roll with it, but definitely room for improvement for next year. I'm just putting it out there now, like, like we will be taking it serious, and there is a lot riding on next year. Absolutely, and for those of the cousins that were unable to make it to the previous year's final day my one word of advice is that you need to prepare yourself for at least a five to six hour of intense exercise otherwise you'll be labeled as pro form and you will be critiqued yeah i think what needs to be addressed as well is um you know there's there's shit talk and we encourage that as a whanau i think and then there's blatantly yelling at your kids for not doing stuff right <laughs> But we'll circle back around to that later on as well. Maybe in a future episode because we don't want to uh, just give a one-sided... Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like all in all, like the day was awesome, man. I really enjoyed it. It was unfortunate that we didn't, you know, I, I think the competition side of it was not as satisfactory as I would have liked. And, you know, after we finished the swimming, everyone was kind of like, oh, this is great. We're done wine. It's relaxing. Let's go and get a feed and then go and get some drinks. And then a slightly ham-fisted approach to... And I can understand, you know, because we missed out on the swimming event, like, let's chuck another event in there, which in hindsight was a terrible idea yeah, because it was a boat racist. It's It's got to be something that involves everyone in the team. Obviously, those who aren't of his age can't participate in the boat race. So something else needed to come into play, whether it was a game of washer bolts or whatever we had available at the time, I think would have prevailed. But um, 
where we left it at the end we had the default and obviously the back black sheep come away with black the sheep lots. now let's let's talk about that like they obviously won the the day you know they were honored and, and put in a place of you know right this is the form to beat so to speak and then we have the the awarding of which i think is a, a great way to memorialize each event uh the trophy which uh, from what i understand is an upgrade from the previous trophy which is kind of a small thing this one's quite large no a, definitely a statement Let, let's talk a little bit about the not only the presentation but what actually happened after the presentation of the trophy so after the presentation of the trophy you know we'd think that that trophy would hold some sort of prestige um mana in other words whereas this year it was sort of left to sit in the corner it wasn't well looked after at all was it let's be honest it was kind of like oh thanks you know let's be but even before we get to that like the passing of the torch the uh giving up of captaincy duties by the black sheep at the time the management the the driving force the captaincy was offloaded over to a younger member of the family yeah there was no um you know wanting to continue or enforce their domination over on paper as a better team the anzacs when you look at it but just the the washing of hands of the captaincy duties from the the current captains to wolfie probably shocked her and she got and thrown she, in the deep end. She got thrown in the deep end, and she wasn't, wasn't quite ready to take on the responsibility and prestige of what the Anzacs perceived as quite a prestigious um, you know, honour. And I and think that leading up well. to the day, the Anzacs took it upon themselves as a higher honour. You know, we were carrying a lot on our plate because the years beforehand, I think the Anzacs had only won it once. And we were going into this next year as defending champions. Reigning, reigning champions. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that was odd. I thought that was odd, but you know, just, they can do whatever they want, basically. That leads us to the the trophy itself, because that has become a bit of a talking point uh, in the Fano, and kind of what happened to that trophy uh, preceding uh, the the that night's festivities and. Well, you probably know more about that, Mitch, than I do, because where did that trophy end up? So for those of you that don't know, that trophy actually wasn't looked after at all, and it was left in the corner of the room that we were sitting in. And the following day, I sort of sat there and looked at it and thought to myself, you know, if the Anzacs had prevailed and we had won it, then there would have been a lot more focus around this trophy, you know, giving it the money that it deserves. It would have been a centrepiece. Absolutely. It would have been a centrepiece. It would have had held its money, its prestige, and been, you know, remarded as something of a talking point. Whereas when I looked at it the following day and it had been put in a corner gathering dust, I thought, nah. So not only did the Black Sheep captaincy or... uh, you know, newly appointed captaincy take the trophy they left it there they dropped the ball big time at the end of the day they <laughs> dropped the ball and that led to where that trophy has ended up now so that ended up being in the back of my car it took a trip up to uh, Auckland Airport where it ended up into my luggage and 
we clipped it actually going into my bag at the Auckland airport and it obviously being taken back to Australia. And all in all, the trophy had been hijacked. <laughs> so that leads to the, the, the question that we kind of want to um, not leave you with, but if you if you're awarded a trophy but you don't look after it, are you deserving of it? But even really more so, even more so, did you really win? There's no proof of you winning if you don't hold the trophy. And to be all honest, Matty, where, where does this trophy sit at this current time? Well, it has actually got a quite prestigious spot in my gaming lounge. Um, I stare at it daily, nod my hat to it, and, you know, infuse it with a bit of pride and, and um, respect that it deserves. Um, Absolutely, I think, it um, deserves the most. Say what you want about the day itself, it all culminates in, you know, looking after that trophy and, and instilling a bit of mana into it, like you said. So if we go back to, you know, post-thievery of the trophy, as you could say, you know, we took it upon ourselves to take it back to Australia, but it actually got a bit of a backlash with all the whanau and that actually applauding us for taking this trophy and stealing it and bringing it back over here. There was a lot of support in our, in our camp, as much as they the black sheep wanted to kind of say, like, you thieving bastards, you know, what do you think you're doing? It's like, mate, you wouldn't have lost it to Australia if you'd actually looked after it and treated it with the respect it deserved. And at the end of the day, I think I had a few of the uncles, the aunties actually applaud me for... <laughs> taking it upon ourselves bro just to actually steal it <laughs> and what it's done is instilled it with a bit more prestige like or Absolutely. a lot more prestige i think next gen whoever the winning team is is not going to take their eye off that trophy bro oh no like it's going to be i think it, it may open it up to the the clean steel rule uh if you don't look after it it can be clean stolen um, which all the, all the whānau is aware of. We have whānau, obviously, who resides in New Zealand. Um, myself and Maddie, we reside on the East Coast here in Brisbane. But it opens it up. You know, we've got family over on the West Coast of Australia and we've got Bunge, who travels the world, should he ever come back. This trophy could end up anywhere should you not look after it. Oh, let's just give a shout-out to the cousins that did come over from the, the West Coast of, of Australia as well big effort and, and you know coming all the way uncle brett great old codes, codes. yeah big who effort. i think we when you look back at it it was somewhere around 12 13 years where cody had never been back to new zealand yeah so you know a momentous occasion like this some of the cousins that we've grown up with that some of these guys have never met but you know had a chat to like or even known like they're just names or you know photos that they've seen maybe yeah like awesome awesome sort of thing to it is to and be a part and of and the the grounding the foundations of it is to bring everyone together and have all the cousins meet you know some of us who have grown up and we've had kids of our own and they're all getting to meet each other which is i right. think the foundation right. of the whole Fano day what was what was kind of the highlight for you of that that uh Fano day or that those few days we were there i think just just being around all the cousins and bringing yourself back to earth you know we've been away for a few years now and Hi. just coming in to see all the cousins again meet all the younger cousins and and seeing how much our family has actually grown bro it's yep. primo no that's yeah that's you pretty much hit the nail on the head there bro um i've probably got a little bit more selfless reason for you know, my um focus is like fuck 
can I still measure up to the cuzzies? Am I still, you know, young enough to compete? And look, for my own self satisfaction, I think I did enough to <laughs> keep myself in the running as uh, being someone who can, you know, go toe to toe in some of those sports that we did. But I'm kind of old dog now. This is uh, a challenge, I think, to those that, that didn't participate in, in Final Day to, to make yourself known. And look, whether it's just through this podcast that that we're starting now like you know we would encourage you to be a part of it and we're hoping to evolve it into something that opens it up to talk about more specific topics but uh we thought basing the first episode zero on Fano day was a great way to spark a bit of interest and get everyone involved so yeah in in closing I i don't want to go for too much longer we'll be back next week where we'll sort of talk about some other things. We'll, we'll come up with some other topics. But we definitely encourage you to be a part of this podcast as well. So if you're wanting to interact with us on Facebook, uh, Cuz Chat, just search that up. And on Instagram as well, we'll start putting some stuff out there. The email address again, cuzchat at outlook.com. Uh, reach us on there. Send in your questions if you want us to discuss anything in particular. That's cuzchat at outlook.com. Um, like Matty said, if there's any encouragement that we can get from here to take everyone back for this whānau day, it's one weekend where we can all get together, reminisce, and absolutely, you know, it's all about bonding and getting the family together. So we're all 100% for that. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's where this is the starting point for us. We want to, you know, encourage you to be part of the, this uh, journey as well. We've had fun. Uh, obviously, we needed a bit of Dutch courage to get this underway. So, yeah, we're looking to continue that. Uh, if anyone does want to be a part of the podcast, reach out. We can organise how to get you involved, whether it be, you know, a live chat as well. So, at the stage weekly, you reckon we can pull this off weekly? Every Saturday, bro. Every Saturday. That's us. All right, Farno, this is Black McGee signing off and... Mitch, can you do the cutter care, please? <laughs> uh, bringing you Cuz Chat Podcast, Episode Zero. Peace! Trouble! Because that's what it's all about, eh, bro? Fucking eh, bro. <laughs> <laughs>